Support comes from the Norton Simon Museum, presenting the film series Testigo Witness, Goya in the Movies. Held on Fridays in May, each film touches upon Francisco de Goya's visions of the world, including Goya or the Hard Way to Enlightenment and the discreet charm of the bourgeoisie at NortonSimon.org. You have the chance to win a Spring Super Sweeps from Alleist. Donate $60 for one entry to win a brand new Lexus or $25,000 in cash. Check out all the other prizes, too, when you donate now at laist.com slash sweeps. Welcome to Air Talks TV Talk from LAist 89.3. I'm Larry Mantle. Every Thursday, I'm joined on Air Talk by professional TV critics to review and discuss the newest cable TV, broadcast, and streaming series. With so much content available, we know it's hard to pick something to watch, and we're here to help. All right, let's meet this week's critics. Let's take a look at what's new and returning for television. We're joined by critics Christina Escobar of uh, latinamedia.co and Steve Green, freelance TV critic, joining us as well. Steve, thanks so much for joining us. Let's start with you on Slow Horses, this British thriller starring Gary Oldman. It's back with season three. Season three, yes. Uh, So Slow Horses... Uh, The idea behind the show is that there's a group of people within the British spy community that aren't in your elite level MI5, uh, either for reasons why they they either messed up or or couldn't make the grade in the first place, are sort of assigned to more low-level espionage tactics. And in the first uh, two seasons, regardless, they keep getting drawn into these uh, wide-ranging, difficult situations uh, to try and and overcome. Uh, Season three, I think... Is, is the season that I I like the most of this show because I think we've seen so many spy stories that are built around the destruction of cities or trying to avert these sort of widespread uh, uh, catastrophes. And to to take this subgenre and dial it down to really interpersonal uh, relationships and people mobilizing to save one of their own is, is really fascinating. And I, I think the way this has evolved... Uh, the supporting cast of the show, aside from Gary Oldman, uh, you've got Jack Loudon, who's a, a, a fantastic actor, very commanding screen presence. Um, he's taken a step up in this season, and I think the show is better for it. And uh, Kristen Scott Thomas also uh, here. And and the showrunner here, Will Smith, uh, he worked as supervising producer on Veep on HBO, mm-hmm. was a writer on the BBC show The Thick of It, uh, not the Will Smith you think of, yes. The Fresh Prince, another yes. Will Smith, yes. but but um, I I just think this this is one that has a real cult following, doesn't it? This series it, it's based on a series of popular books, which I think certainly helps. Uh, and I think uh, Gary Oldman's presence in the show he's very crusty, he's very ornery, he's very sloppy, and so I think anytime you get to see him really make big acting choices, it's really fun. And I think now the show has is using him in the perfect mode. It's not putting him front and center all the time, so that you have to rely on his personality. Like I said, that supporting cast really takes a, a step up this season, and I think the show is better for it. Slow Horses, the British series, a season three streaming on Apple TV+. Plus. First two episodes are out. There'll be a total of six episodes over the coming weeks. Uh, Paramount Plus streaming the docu-series De La Calle, which uh, was created by Nick Barili. Christina, please tell us about it. 
Yeah, so this is a really fun show where uh, the host, Nick, travels kind of Anthony Bourdain style across the world. He starts in New York. He spends most of his time in Latin America. Um, he also goes to Spain and investigating Urbano music, its histories, its antecedents, the ways that different countries contribute to it. And I think for both reggaeton heads and people who are sort of more new to the genre, maybe who only listen to Bad Bunny, there's a lot there to learn and explore. I know I was writing down artists' names as Nick was writing them and have been since listening to them on Spotify. Um, but I think it's a pretty fun series to watch and get to learn a little bit about the genre that may feel new to many folks, but actually has a really long and interesting and storied history. We're talking about the docu-series De La Calle on Paramount+. Plus. Steve, what did you think of it? I, I appreciate documentary series like this. Um, you know, Christina said, like Anthony Bourdain style, these interviews with people who uh, have, have made... Uh, this music history, it's not happening in some sealed off studio. It's not happening in some anonymous place. It's out in uh, the environments where this came to life. And so I think you get a better appreciation of what went into the making of this music and the making of this history by seeing people move through those spaces and, and not just not just uh, music, but the uh, the the greater culture at large, uh, you know, visual art, uh, you know, all the things that go into uh, making a environment where this music can can come out of. De La Calle again. All eight episodes are out on Paramount Plus, uh, featuring journalist Nick Barilli. Black Cake streams on Hulu. The mystery series was created by Marissa Joe Sarar, Stephanie Jacob, and Rupert Evans star in this series. Christina, please tell us about Black Cake. Yeah, so Black Cake is, as you mentioned, a mystery series. Um, it follows two timelines. Um, actually, maybe you would even say three, multiple timelines. And it's the story of one woman as she came to age um, and sort of murder mystery, identity mystery, and it and it follows her family, her children, um, and their perceptions of her as she's passed away and left them tapes. Um, and what I loved about this series is just how different it is from so many other things. It, the main protagonist, she is Black. Caribbean and Chinese. And I've just, I've never watched anything from that particular perspective before. Um, and to see it done in these sort of lush tones and these huge, beautiful production budgets, and to have it be a really thoughtful exploration of identity and motherhood and family and race and gender, it just creates what I thought was a really lovely story. You know, it's at times melodramatic, but I think that can be fun. I don't say that in a bad way. It's definitely like a watchable, fun show that I particularly appreciated. We're talking about Black Cake. It's streaming on Hulu. The first three episodes uh, are, oh, I'm sorry, uh, looks like actually all of uh, the episodes mm. are out because uh, all of them came out in November uh, and we're at the end of that month. So they're all out. <laughs> uh, High on the Hog from Netflix uh, is a doc documentary from uh, food writer Stephen uh, Satterfield. Steve, what do you think about this? I think this actually makes a perfect uh, companion piece of De La Calle. Uh, it, it does for food what I think that show does for music in that uh, it, it follows food from the African diaspora. So uh, looking at how uh, 
the the food traditions that we have here in the U.S. and at various places around the world have their roots in 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 African culture and African cuisine, African food, and. I think another thing that the show does really well is that it is also it takes it out of the studio. It takes it out. You know, the the, the conversations that that uh, are part of this show aren't being done inside some hermetically sealed environment. Uh, they're in uh, they're in restaurants. They're in kitchens. Uh, this is a show that's built around talking about how food relates to culture, and in turn. I think this is one of the best shows about American history. Um, this is this is not just so focused on food as a as a product or as something to so to be consumed. Uh, it really is built around centering food as part of a conversation about where the the roots of this country come from and how you can track those throughout the world. Well, and and what's fascinating is uh, with so many different combinations of cuisine, it opens our our eyes to different cultures. I, I was seeing a piece about um, a, a guy, I think he's in Austin, Texas, who's of Egyptian background, who's opened a barbecue place, but he uses the kinds of spices, the flavors of his own childhood from Egypt in the barbecue. That he, So he's combining this traditional American uh, southern cuisine with with the flavors of his youth. And then that opens up, of course, for the people eating there, all kinds of aspects of culture. And food does that. Yes. No, and I, I think so much documentary series these days, uh, I, I hate to use this word, but it does feel like content. Uh, and this is a show that I think is very purposely pushing against that, that, that this is something that is inspiring you to go out and investigate and broaden your horizons. And if this is food that is part of your experience, then it gives you a greater appreciation of where it comes from. It uh, builds off the book High on the Hog, A Culinary Journey from Africa to America by Jessica B. Harris. But it's uh, Stephen Satterfield, who is uh, the, the main uh, voice and presence on the Netflix documentary High on the Hog, all four episodes are out right now. We're talking with our film, or I should say TV critic, Steve Green and Christina Escobar joining us. But I want to hear from you in just a few minutes. What are your favorite holiday TV specials of all time? The ones that really connected with you, that maybe you've been around long enough that you also showed them to your kids, or maybe ones that are more recent, that are just uh, terrific examples of themes of the holidays. Uh, please join us with that 866-893-5722. We'll get to that in just a few minutes. And of course, we'll ask our TV experts who are here with us for their favorites. 866-893-5722. You can also email your favorite holiday specials to atcomments at las.com. Please include your location and first name. A Murder at the End of the World is on FX Network, streaming the next day on, uh, actually it's only on Hulu, pardon me, it's not on FX, uh, and uh, the series stars Emma Corrin, Clive Owen, and Harris Dickinson. Uh, Christina, please tell us about A Murder at the End of the World. Yeah, so this is another fun murder mystery type show. I think maybe it's the season for them. Um, and it is um, a little bit darker, so it is set where Clive Owen plays a billionaire who's assembled this group of um, 
folks of all sorts of different talents and industries, but the idea being that they're the best in their fields, whisk them away to a resort surrounded by snow, icy, all of that, and then there's a murder, and our heroine has to try to solve it more or less on her own. Um, and that plot is also juxtaposed with a previous plot where she um, is trying to solve a murder that she eventually writes a book about, and that's kind of how she gets invited. So in some ways, you know, it's going to draw antecedents to, um, you know, other pieces with billionaires locked away, murders, all of that. But this one is a little bit more serious, I would say, than some of the other ones. Um, and what it does nicely is play with ideas around gender and age and exceptionality, um, sort of what is genius, what isn't. Um, and it also just has a really standout cast. You know, everybody is very interested, interesting in it. They all deliver really phenomenal performances. I always watch anything Alisi Braga is in. You may remember her from Queen of the South. So far, she hasn't had much to do yet in the episodes that are out, but you really see some interesting and nuanced performances that are pretty fun in this one. And the murder mystery is compelling as well. All right. We're talking about a murder at the end of the world. Steve. I, I think the the show that I kept thinking about watching this was Devs, um, another FX Hulu show that came out a couple of years ago. Uh, kind of similarly structured following a character entering a world that they don't really understand and then trying to figure out the reasons why someone they care about uh, met an untimely end. Uh, I, I think I appreciate that this is a detective story that is so rely on atmosphere. You know, it take, takes place in this sort of remote Icelandic uh, hotel resort. Uh, and and it, the show really takes advantage of being in that, that environment and not just relying on your typical detective story tropes. And I think this also gets at our cultural relationship with true crime in a really interesting way. I think that's that's there are a lot of shows within the last year or so that are really starting to take a look at what that does when everybody in society sort of becomes an amateur detective and what that does to our relationships with each other and and what it does to how you relate to the world and and where you search for clues and and what happens when you sort of follow that to its logical endpoint. I hope you enjoyed this episode of AirTalks TV Talk from LAist 89.3. If you like what you heard, please subscribe wherever you listen to your favorite podcasts. Thank you for listening, and we'll see you next time. The LAist Spring Super Sweeps is happening now. You can win amazing prizes while supporting your source for local fact-based journalism. One lucky grand prize winner will get to choose a brand new Lexus or $25,000 in cash. Other prizes include an electric bike from Juice Bikes and $1,000 gas gift cards. Your donation of $60 gets you one entry to win. And the more you give, the more entries you get. Donate now at LAist.com sweeps.